Hi, everybody. Lee here. Thank you for watching or listening to this week's episode of Leading with Lee. I have a very, very special guest with me today. She is the Senior Vice President of Learning and Human Resources here at TTCU Federal Credit Union. Not less welcome, none other than Celia Armstrong. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it very much, Lee. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. It's been a been a while. Um, and I, like I said, thank you for coming on and being a part of uh, leading. Um, so let's just talk about you for a second. So um, how long have you been in HR or in this space? So in human resources, I've been in this field for 34 years. Wow. 34. I started when I was two. <laughs> no, sorry, when I was 18, fresh out of high school. Wow. And so like, what drew you to human resources? Such a great question. So um, fresh out of high school, you know everything, right? 18, you know absolutely everything. You have all the decisions made. Um, and so I worked with this in the state of Florida. Um, and, and my mother at the time had been in personnel. That's what we called it in the day was personnel. And she said, so yeah, there's an opportunity um, at the Department of Environmental Regulations for a file clerk. I said, sure, let's give it a try. So I started in July of 1986, 87, um, as a file clerk. That was my very first job in so, personnel. So, oh, that's so interesting. So your mother has been, was in the field, and so that kind of influenced you and pushed you towards the field and kind of brought you into that space. That's so interesting. I think for me, um, one thing I've learned in my own life, a lot of times our parents leave nuggets for us to show us where we can go what's possible and um, even with leading and just talking about or just talking with people I find that like there's some things that my grandmother did and my yes. parents did as far as leadership and stuff like that that kind of has influenced how I have gotten into this space or just talking with people about yes. certain things that's cool so you've been in this field for 34 years and you've been consistent in this field and are you originally from Florida so not really. So I was uh, born in Atlanta, Georgia, and my father, um, well, still alive, but uh, can no longer, no longer fly planes. So he was a Delta pilot, and my wow. mother was a Delta ticket agent. <laughs> that, that's so cool. The Delta family romance, right? <laughs> um, and so uh, we moved from um, Atlanta to Houston, and then that's where my sister was born. And so we've been all over, really. So Florida for the, mo- for the majority of my young life. Right. And so it, that those experiences of being in different places I, in the time that I've gotten to know you, it seems that it has informed you a lot. Like you, you are great with people. I've never met somebody so great with people. There's it's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. And I just um, in the process of getting to know you and 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 meeting you in the literally within the last year, I see that there's some intentionality about how you go about engaging with people. So um, t- today we were talking about, you know, uh, the business of people. I, I just kind of want to know from your perspective, how important is it for leaders and just people to understand people or how necessary people are to any organization? It's beyond critical. Yeah. It's beyond critical. Um, culture of any organization is going to be different. Organization to organization, right? Culture is completely different. Um, but the culture begins with one relationship at a time. Yeah. One at a time. And individually, you have to understand that person. We have 456 people in this organization. And it's important to me that I understand every single one of them. 
That's, that's my responsibility, right? Because I've been the person, the file clerk, that people would step over because I was in the way filing. Um, and, and they may not have seen me that day. But let me tell you something. Every single person in this organization, any organization, regardless of what they do, is just as important the other. In fact, I remember a story that I tell managers all the time. It's a story about um, an individual that worked at NASA at the time when we put the men on the moon. Okay? And the story was that um, they, had a, they had some HR people come through and do a survey and say, so what do you do and what do you do? And they talked to engineers and astronauts and computer programmers and all those different things, right? And they'd explain all these different things. Well, they talked to a young lady who was part of the cleaning crew. And they said, so what do you do? And she looked at him and says, I put a man on the moon. <laughs> okay? Perspective. Yeah. Absolutely, it's perspective, right? They understand their role of how important it is no matter what you do for an organization. Um, and it began early on in, in life for me because the way that I grew up, I wanted to make sure that the challenges that I faced as a young person okay, um, would help me move my life forward and allow me to relate to people um, when they're struggling, personally or professionally, um, when an organization needs a focus on employees and try to find a direction. It's important to understand people and be able to relate. It's critical. Yeah, I, that's such a great answer. I think um, one thing that I'm finding, or it, it, it reminded me of a story that um, one of my mentors shared with me about his grandfather. And he, he said that when he was a little kid, his grandfather, he owned car dealerships. And he told me how his grandfather literally would, you know, wear a suit and tie every day. Uh, he would drive into the dealership and he would actually bring him with him. And he said he used to make him wear little suits, you know, this four year old boy wearing suits. And he was telling me that, like, literally his grandfather would walk, literally drive onto the lot, would park his car at the front of at the front of the lot and literally go to every single person that worked at that building and speak to them and remember their names and talk to them and engage with them and ask them about their families. And he said that made such a, a, a significant um, mark on his life and it makes me realize that like for as it relates to the subject of leadership we can have that type of access to people when we are willing to engage them so um, just kind of staying in that vein are there is there like a strategy to engaging people in a authentic way or is it just people just got have the gift you know like is there a way for people to do that, especially in their leadership? I think that has to be something that you want to do, That's right? True. It can't. It, 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 it's, it's not something true. I can say, Lee, you're a new leader, uh, and you may be nervous talking to people or trying to engage people, but guess what? Now you're going to have to. It has to be a desire to do that. And, and you, you, know, you talk about that innate ability to connect with people. Okay? And a lot of that is life experience. It's not about age. It's not about professional experience. It's about life experience. Okay, And the more that you engage with people, the greater and deeper your life experiences become. And as a leader, as a human being, you have to be vulnerable. Yes. Okay? And you have to be yes. open to say, totally. right, I can learn. I can be better. I can grow. I can improve. And so I try to really encourage anybody that is a new leader, um, an experienced leader, to remain humble, uh, remain open, and remain vulnerable. Those are great principles. Uh, I will be using those and stealing those. Uh, <laughs> they are yours to use. Is, oh, <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, that, that's, that's very, very powerful. Um, so 
when it comes down to hiring and looking for candidates, um, like what are some things that you look for? What are some things that you that comes to mind when you're going into that interview or you have somebody interviewing talent? Um, how, how do you gauge that or look into that? Um, I have always been a believer that it's about the who, not the what. Yeah. Okay. It's about what do we need as an organization in our employees? And you know where we're from and you know what our mission in life is, right? And it's to serve our members. It's to serve the community. It's to serve each other. And that takes a servant heart. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, you know, we have a phenomenal training department. We'll train the functionality of the position. Which I want to be a part of. (laughs) On the low. (laughs) Absolutely, right? So it's all about um, creating those opportunities for people who sought us out because it's a match for them. And I tell, I write um, new employees uh, a welcome card. Every single new employee since I've been here. And one of the things I always tell them is thank you for choosing us. Hmm. Because I know it's a choice. It's a choice. It is. It's even in a very tight economic uh, or an employee market, right? It's a choice. And I know that they chose us. And that's something that has to be um, honored and respected and treasured. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- that's a great answer. I, it made me think for a second about how, um, even for me with coming to TTCU, how just didn't even know at the particular time of my life that all oh, being exposed to financial literacy and being understanding financial leadership and all those different things were so many things that I did not experience or had context for had I not come to TTCU. And um, it's been very interesting for me just to see how the company has evolved and grown and just the different kinds of people. And but something I wanted to share with you. Um, so, you know, I'm getting my master's right now. Um, there's a there's a particular the, thank you. Uh, the funny thing is the class that I'm literally in right now is called human capital and talent development. <laughs> and I thought it was so I thought it was so funny because it, it literally made me think about um, just what you do and even in the hiring process, like figuring out, OK, what does the company need? One of the things that uh, we had a discussion in class about, I think it was a few weeks ago, um, was trying to recognize what you said, what the company needs and not allowing the fact that I like this person to get in the way because I have a bunch of visionaries on my team, but I need people that are administrative, but I keep hiring visionaries because we like the same things and we talk about the same things. So, so how do we encourage leaders to really engage like really move in that direction, hiring what they need and not necessarily what they like. And a lot of that takes uh, back to what I talked about being vulnerable. Okay. If, if the leaders of the organization trust the HR department to come sit down and have conversations and say, my department needs. And one of the first things I tell them is take the people out and talk about what you really need in this department or in this organization. Then we start talking about the who. And it, it really is having that conversation with each, with each of those leaders to understand their vision about that department and then saying, we've got some great solutions. And it's a partnership. You know, one of the things I want everyone to remember, especially in the HR department, is um, that we are a support organization. We're a support, support department. 
yeah. if I can get it out right. Um, and that means that we're supporting each of the managers and we're supporting each of the employees. And so it's really getting to know each of the employees and getting to know the department so that we can have synergy yeah. in creating the culture together. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think it made me think about how um, it, an orchestra would not be fun to listen to Correct. <laughs> if they weren't different. Correct. But they all were playing together to make one sound. And I think um, as you were talking, it just it reminds me of how important it is for us to, like you said, know what we need and then build from there when we're considering candidates for anything. Um, I know even with leading it's one day as it as it grows and I do things, I'm going to have to make decisions on hiring people, maybe um, I'm going to have to have conversations with people about what I need and what I'm trying to accomplish with leading. And if I'm not <laughs> cognizant of, okay, what do I need? And I'm just like, oh, their resume is amazing. Because I know me. I know me. I would get so caught up in someone's resume and what they do that I literally will forget. Like, Lee, you, you need somebody to uh, make sure you're not spending too much money right now. Because, <laughs> you know, you know yourself. Um, but anyways... Enough about me. We're talking about you. So, I like talking about you. <laughs> so um, one, one thing that we kind of touched on or, or just kind of discussed a little bit before is how technology is changing a lot of industries um, and how it is influencing how um, a lot of industries go about hiring people. Can you kind of speak to uh, that that dynamic because it's such an interesting one and and I know you probably have a lot of experience with that especially right now with what's happening in our company right and I think it's such a great um, dynamic that every organization has to be very sensitive to okay it's extremely important and the reason it's important is because we need technology to live we need technology to connect with our family members especially now uh, we need technology to uh, get money out of the ATM we need technology to post transactions mm-hmm. for our members we need all that we have technology that keeps us informed uh, and and um, engaged uh, across the organization but the most important thing that I have guided every superintendent or president that I've worked for in all of my years, is you can never allow the technology to ever um, take over the relationship with the employee. The, the technology is a necessary efficiency, a necessary tool of the organization, but nothing, in my opinion, is more important than the relationship with yeah. the employee. It's a part of the relationship. It's part of the processing payroll and benefits and evaluations and um, a job application and even interviewing through teams. I mean, it's, it's part of our everyday life, but it's a supplement. Yes. It's a supplement. Uh, it is totally not uh, the, the one and done. Yes, ma'am. No, I, I totally agree. It, I, it's been something that I, I literally have had so many conversations internally and just been thinking about how, like, I think we kind of kind of forget forget this one thing that like a person created the technology, so it takes human capital and human ingenuity in order for us to actually be beneficiaries of a thing that's been created. So if we don't have people involved, it's kind of like exactly right. I couldn't yeah. agree more. Uh, I did, uh, that's a great way to to really, really um, think about human capital. So uh, 
what are some ways that, in just in your opinion, what are some ways that um, companies can can really, really try to work as, focus on um, preparedness and and continuing to push people towards other positions? Because some things are going to get eliminated. It's just for efficiency reasons. It's based on cost. But how can companies or leaders really evaluate that idea of, okay, I don't want to cause people to lose their job, so how can I move them to another place? So I'm glad you asked the question. And one of the things we've been talking about um, internally is uh, career pathing, Mm -hmm. um, but I like to say career passions. So, you know, it's one thing to teach a person how to do a job, which we certainly can do. But at the end of the day, it's about what employees love to do, what people love to do. If you love what you do, and you've heard this, everybody's heard it's not a job anymore, right? So as roles change within an organization, if you understand the knowledge that you have in your employees, the experience that you have in, in your employees, and also their passions then what a great opportunity for an organization to say, yes, we, we need new positions or we need a different type of position. Um, great, because we have that within the family, mm-hmm. the way I look at it. You know, we're, a, and you said something earlier to me that I, I, I want to expound on, and that was um, you talked about an orchestra. Well, I use the example of my daughter was in choir. Okay. I was in choir too as a kid. I loved in it. Was, in high school. In high school. And my daughter, when she was in high school, and she's, I'm not going to tell you how she's 30 this year. But, last year. And so it's been a few years since I watched choir. But one of the things that I loved is that there were there were young women and young men from all different social, economic, um, geography, backgrounds, family experiences, um, cliques and different passions and ideas. And they got up there in their robe, they opened their voices and it was one collective song. And that's kind of the way I look at an organization the same way. We're all from different backgrounds. We all have different raisings and different experiences, both professionally and personally. We have different backgrounds, experiences. But when you all sing together with the same purpose, the same mission, there is beautiful music that's being made. So you said that earlier, and it was just a perfect analogy that I use often. And I just wanted to be able to say that because it was perfect timing. Uh, Yeah, that's on the money. I I think that it's important, like you said, to... Um, really look at passions within people. You know, one thing that I I thought was really awesome when I first came into TTCU was um, that we prioritize uh, Strength Finder, which is so interesting because in college I had to take the Strength Finder. um, I mean, obviously, but just being just taking it again and realizing that, oh, there are just certain things that I'm just born with. In, yes, innate ability that I have the capacity for, and I can use those skills to actually be more productive and more efficient in my job. So um, while staying in that space, how can leaders even not just at our, it, it may not be that they are the CEO of the company. They may be just a manager of a department or a manager of a particular group of people. How can they intentionally understand those skills and empower their people to do their jobs at their maybe respective branches or whatever, the store or whatever. Exactly right. And it's such a great question because you don't know until you get to know your employee, That's right? True. So if you're not engaging and you're not creating intentionally, love the word that you, you use and it's, and it's so powerful, intentionally get to know your employees. You want to know what drives them. You want to know what strengths they have. And what better than me to sit down with you, Lee, and say, Lee, what are your strengths? What do you love? 
What empowers you? What drives you? What challenges you? What makes you grow? And then my my question back to you, because I have a responsibility to say, how can I help you? How can I help you grow? How can I challenge you? How can I support you? So, you know, we can do strength finders and we can do some assessments and we can look at job descriptions and position specific competencies. You can, you can do all of those technical things, but again, it comes down to getting to know the employees and your colleagues and your coworkers because I feel like everyone in this organization is my coworker. Yes, ma'am. And to your point, it, I, something I think Kyle and I talk about all the time is people come alive when they're given the opportunity to be themselves. Um, Powerful. And I, I don't know why that is something that I feel is so important for people to understand, even about the subject as we're talking about just the business of people. But it, I, I literally feel as if, if people could only do what is in them to do, Life will be so much more fulfilling. And I, I know for me, um, even though I don't work in uh, learning, uh, I'm often I often find myself and I, I, I probably have been doing this over the last few years. I've been finding myself just random as asking people, like, what do you like to do? Like, what are you passionate about that has nothing to do with your job? Like, I know this is what you work on, but like, what do you care about? And it's been such an interesting experience hearing people talk about themselves. And when we interviewed a friend of mine um, who's a business owner, and she literally said, Megan Pinkney was like, people love talking about themselves. I was like, if that's not true, (laughs) there's no truer statement than people love talking about themselves. And and you're right. it's, it's, It's leaders taking the responsibility and recognizing that they have a role to play in the development and growth of the people that they're leading. So um, I think this may just be an issue within some leaders. Some people, some leaders feel as if their greatest responsibility to their people that they're leading is um, production in their job and getting the task done. How do you encourage leaders to balance that? Because I think a lot of leaders struggle with that. They struggle with, well, I have to meet this deadline and we have to get this product out. We have to do this. Like, how do they balance that from your perspective? And I think that's a very difficult position to be in. If it, and, and I can absolutely relate to that from a perspective of um, every manager, line supervisor, regardless of what where you work and what you're uh, goals are and what your production got, whatever those goals and, and um, you know, requirements have to be met, whatever those are. At the end of the day, um, it, it amazes me that people who feel supported, mm-hmm. empowered, mm-hmm. Um, uh, believed in, will do the impossible. Okay, so, you know, we can and, and, and I've always been a believer to say I'm going to be transparent, say we do have some deadlines. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's important, right? Mm-hmm. We have to pay people, mm-hmm. and people would like to have their paycheck, and benefits would like I, to. I love my paycheck. I think it, right. So <laughs> I need them. And and you have the right to to you know and that and that's the the point is is that you know we, it, we are here to serve our members, and there are deadlines and things that we have to make sure that we get done. And at the end of the day, the people love what they're doing, and if they feel supported, if they if they feel like that um, they are trusted, our number one core value, they feel like they're being trusted. 
um, and they feel that they connect with their leader in a very real and um, intrinsic, powerful way, they will do the impossible and they will feel as if they have accomplished mountainous tasks. Yes, that's so true. Collective action has caused a lot. A lot of us are beneficiaries of collective action in some way, shape, form, or fashion in our culture. So um, I'm getting towards the end. So let's talk a little bit about the future. Um, How can leaders engage their people in decisions about the future? Because I think um, I don't think anyone starts a business with the intent of them closing it down within a year or five years or even 10 years. Um, What are your thoughts about um, leaders trying to engage their employees in decision making and also how to shape where the company can go? And I think that's such an important uh, discussion topic and part of it strategic. But the other part is really a leader to say, I don't have all the answers. You know, we talked about vulnerability before and a true leader is able to sit at the table and say, team, I don't have all the answers. Here's my questions. Okay. I I am great at asking questions. I have not all the answers, but if you involve your team, all of your employees and where that organization is going to go, they are part of that journey. And it's so important to sit at the table and say, we have enough knowledge in this knowledge bank to make some unbelievably tough decisions um, to ensure that we are going to be relevant in the future. And whatever that is, whatever that um, strategic goal is, is to be relevant to whomever or to um, open another uh, piece of your organization or to grow your business by X percent. Who better to ask how to do that than ask than ask your teammates? Yes. You have to you have yes. to be secure enough to ask the question. Yes. Yeah, I, that's so true. I, I, and there's a lot of insecurity in um, those conversations because you there's a fear that I think some leaders fear that if they ask their team questions, their team won't believe in them and where they're going and what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, it takes a lot of humility yes. to say, okay, I don't know everything. And it made me think about, um, I, I don't know if this is factual or not, but I, I heard somebody talk about, um, there's this quote from Ronald Reagan. He said, uh, someone asked him about, you know, how did he build his team or pick the people that was in, in his cabin and he said I hired my weaknesses Correct. and I was like huh hmm I don't know how to work a camera so I uh hired my (laughs) weakness because I I don't know I don't know what to do here like that all I know how to do is talk but there's somebody who knows what they're doing um and so I think that's that's such a phenomenal encouragement for leaders to be like you said be vulnerable i think that's that's been a running thread through this whole conversation is for leaders to be vulnerable and recognize that their vulnerability attracts the answers and i think that's just that's just a great way to look at it so as we wrap up you know i i kind of asked you earlier about uh (laughs) what just just music i think music is is a powerful thing i love music um and so what song would you use to describe yourself and like why so i would say my favorite song that maybe describes me would be actually from a movie braveheart um and it's actually the scene 
um, where um, William Wallace's uh, father dies and they're bearing him, right? And um, the young girl that eventually becomes his wife hands him a thistle, okay? And the reason that's important is because most people see this as a weed along the highway, um, but it's not. It is from Scotland. Um, And the reason that's important is because my grandfather would say that was his favorite flower, okay? So my grandfather, um, and the reason that's important to me um, is because of how much he means to me. And anybody that knows me knows the story behind that. Um, and the reason that I collect elephants is because of my grandfather. Wow. And But the thistle, and, and when I first saw the movie um, and, and the reason it resonated with me, I, I cried quite heavily in that scene because it meant an enormous amount to me. So I can, I can hear it in my ear today, but um, not a whole lot of people know that. So that's something wow. I've not really shared with except anybody but my husband, so. Well, it'd be shared with the world. (laughs) It'd be shared with everyone. That was a tough question, (laughs) Lee. That was tough. Thank you. No, I think think it it tells me a lot about you um, and the opportunity that I've gotten to know you over the last, what, like seven or eight months? I mean, I, I will actually. I will, it's almost been a year because we met yes, it back to school. Sure did. Sure did. At Sand Springs, uh, mm-hmm. and I I remember it like yesterday. And I am extremely grateful um, for everything you've done for me since I've been at TTCU, and just the contribution that you made to even my education. Like, but it let. But it is truly one of the things that impacts employees in a significant way. Going back to um, what one of my mentors said about his dad, his grandfather. I bet some of those people that are, that are still alive today are grateful for what he did because he was intentional. And Miss Celia, you have always been intentional. No matter if I stay with TTCU another year, 10 years, I will always remember these moments where you, as a leader, went out of your way to be intentional with me. And... Like you always say, pay it forward. I will pay it forward because someone was intentional enough to say, I'm going to make an investment into your life. When you know that, like, I didn't know where that money was going to come from for my last class, but I am so grateful and it, it blessed my life and it really blessed my family. And I want to say on the video, thank you. And I so appreciate you. And I I will forever remember that. That is something that, and I think leaders have to understand they have the power to do that, where they can make an investment into someone's life and it propels them to where they want to be. And it, 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 I don't know, in this moment, it just made me think about, and we're going to wrap up, but I do, I feel like I need to say this, but it made me think about how much, whether you realize this or not, you are a teacher in a lot of ways. You have the heart of a teacher. And I do believe this, that every teacher has been the person that propelled a president for it, propelled astronauts for it, propelled doctors for it. Propelled. Somebody had to, t- to teach or train that individual to be the person that they are. And so I thank you. I, number one, thank you for doing this, but, but thank you for being a teacher for me in a moment where I needed that. And 20 or 30 years from now, I'm going to be like, Miss Celia, uh, I, I need, I literally, if I see you in t- 20 years, I'm going to forget where I am. <laughs> I'm like, Miss Celia, ah! 
I'm going to come and hug you and I want to thank you because that is what people need. And I think um, when it comes out to this ideal of the business of people or just investing in people, you have done that. So I, I just I just want to make the public service announcement. Thank you, Miss Celia. <laughs> First of all, um, it, 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 having people in my life who have blessed me yeah. when I didn't know where um, the next gallon of milk was going to come from yeah. or how I was going to pay rent with two babies, single mama, um, it's important for me to say we all help each other. And um, it was a um, divine moment. Oh, and I've shared this with you, is. that when I heard your story, Ooh, that was, was a personal opportunity for me to pay it forward. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to honor the opportunity to pay it forward. If you learn nothing else, pay it forward, people. Please pay it forward. <laughs> Please pay it forward. But uh, once again, thank you for doing this. Um, the last thing I want to ask you, how can people connect with you or reach out to you or you know um, get in contact with you? Because I think that people should get some of this uh, greatness. (laughs) You know, I love connecting with people and you know this about me, Lee. So I'm on LinkedIn. Of course, you can reach me here at TTCU at C Armstrong at TTCU.com. I'm I'm happy to to listen to anyone. I, I love meeting people and I just appreciate the opportunity to share stories with you. Thank you for watching or listening to this week's episode of Leading with Lee. I hope that you are inspired, equipped and empowered. If you haven't done it yet, Subscribe today and to get updates about all the things that I'm doing, connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Lee A. Scott II or Lee A. Scott II. I hope that you will tune in for the next episode of Leading with Lee. Much love and let's get started.